Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and thanks for tuning in yet again. Now, before we do get into the top five stories doing the rounds here in Thailand today, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share uh, this video if you get a chance. Uh, if you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's uh, lots of links down below in the description where you can find your favorite podcast player, and we'll be probably more than likely be available on it and finally if you'd like to support the show you get a bit of value out of the show you can always buy us a coffee on the buymeacoffee.com website now getting into those five stop top stories today i will start with the first one third chinese arrested for illegal work in phuket an unnamed Chinese man was arrested at Phuket International Airport on Friday on charges of breaching regulations on foreign labour in the kingdom. The foreigner is the third alleged violator of foreign labour decree from the People's Republic of China arrested this week. Tip of the iceberg, I would say there. The arrest was reported today by the Phuket Immigration Checkpoint Facebook page, publicising news about the work of the Immigration Bureau officers stationed at the airport. As typical of these reports, only the bare minimum of information was revealed to the public. According to the report, the unnamed Chinese national was arrested at about 7.15 at the Phuket International Airport tour parking lot. The suspect was then handed over to the Saku police for further legal processing. Nothing was reported about the man's identity, his occupation in Thailand and Phuket and the category of visa the man had been staying on. In a separate development, law enforcement from Phuket and Bangkok joined the arrested and unnamed woman on an outstanding warrant issued on March 17th. The woman was wanted for illegal possession of crystal methamphetamine, yeah, ice, with the intent to sell and attempt to carry the illegal drug out of the kingdom. The female suspect was arrested at around 12.15pm at passport control counters in the International Arrivals Hall at the airport. The woman was then handed over to the drug suppression officers from the 3rd Regional Division of the Narcotics suppression bureau uh, no surprise really that um people are being arrested for illegal work it's going on all throughout phuket and other parts of thailand of course but we have to focus here on phuket at the moment and yes absolutely i mean not just chinese russians koreans i mean there's plenty of them at it and they will eventually get caught because thais will eventually dob them in because they feel that their jobs are being taken you know, unfairly by these illegal workers so i mean it's bound to happen and i think hanging out at the tour parking lot of the chinese national is probably the worst thing you could possibly do i mean it, it's kind of stupidity but they've probably been getting away with it so long and felt so comfortable in like doing it that didn't think there was anything going to be wrong with it so yeah nevertheless another story of a person being picked up and i tell you we're going to hear a lot of these stories in the next coming few months now moving along alliance sought to combat the haze and they are still talking thailand myanmar and lao are seeking to join forces to combat the transboundary haze pollution choking the region at Government House, Prime Minister Priya Chanacha hosted a trilateral meeting through video conference with Lao Prime Minister and the Myanmar leader to discuss the transboundary haze crisis. General Priya said the meeting was intended for the three countries to exchange information and experiences in dealing with transboundary haze and develop a constructive approach to solving the problem. All involved have realized the importance of close cooperation as the haze pollution has become a health hazard for the people of three countries. General Priot said, we need to join forces to help each other tackle the problem, he noted. At the meeting, General Priot proposed the Clear Sky Strategy as an effective mechanism to address the issue. 
Under the strategy, each country should be committed to reducing hotspots in line with the Chiang Rai plan of action adopted by five countries in the Mekong subregion in 2017. The Chiang Rai plan of action sets priorities for the Mekong subregion countries to address transboundary haze pollution. The Prime Minister said that all countries involved should leverage relevant bilateral mechanisms at their disposal at all levels. As part of Thailand's role, it will promote cooperation on transboundary haze pollution to relevant bilateral mechanisms at local level with Laos and Myanmar, he said. Thailand will also discuss the issue at the 42nd ASEAN Summit hosted by Indonesia next month. So in essence there, lots of talk a whole lot of words that they're probably not too familiar with and nothing to be done. And that's basically how I see it. I mean, how, how much talk do you need to do about something when you know what the problem is? The problem is people burning off their fields in Laos, Myanmar and Thailand. That's the problem. Now, as I have said here in the show last week as well, Thailand should just start and look after itself first. Yes, there is issues in Laos, there is issues in Myanmar, but start with getting the fires put out in your own region first and stopping the people burning it. But he hasn't even done that. These guys are sitting around while people are continuously getting sick. People's livelihoods are being destroyed because people aren't going to Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai because of the pollution. So hotels, I mean, they've had bad enough after COVID and now they have this. And yet again, nothing, nothing done. Just more talk, more nonsense. And I can guarantee you there'll be nothing done this year about it. And next year... We'll be on this show discussing the exact same thing yet again. I can guarantee it because that's exactly how it works here. Nevertheless, let's move on to our next story of today. Putai pledges 10,000 baht handout for New Year. The Putai party vows to give 10,000 baht to all Thais aged 16 years and over via digital wallet on January 1st, 2024, if it forms the next government. Key party figures made the announcement on Friday at a briefing to elaborate on the handout policy that was announced earlier this week. The policy has drawn criticism, especially over the source of the money, as some economists said it would cost taxpayer hundreds of billions of baht. Businessman Sareta Tavisin, one of the three Putai prime ministerial candidates, said if the party wins the May 14th election and forms the government, the handout could be ready by January 1st, 2024. He estimated that it would cost the state about 500 billion baht. Mr. Sareta said the policy was aimed at stimulating the national economy. The technology said would be developed to ensure the recipients spend the sum on approved purchases in their local areas based on the addresses of their ID cards. There would not be any eligibility criteria based on financial status of recipients and it would be a one-time handout, he said. Now, Pramin Lassaratit, the party's economic chief, said the policy would be affordable given that the annual income of government organizations was expected to rise by 260 billion baht. State revenue would increase by over 100 million baht and budget funds could be saved from projects. The party registrar and a member of its economic team said that with the 10,000 baht handout, people would not want to use government welfare cards anymore and the state could save about 50 billion baht now required for that program. Some rival parties, among them the current government party, party Palang Pracharat and the United Thai Nation, headed by General Prawit and General Prayit Chanacha, respect, have made higher monthly payments for welfare cardholders, key elements of their platforms. Let's give everybody 10,000 baht and you have to spend it in your own part of the world and that'll be great. I don't know, it seems like that there's a lot of rich people here in Thailand who probably don't need that money and it's better off be more strategically targeted maybe at people who are less well-off, poorer people, people who don't have roofs over their head or struggle to eat 
food every day. I think when you come up with these kind of populist policies, it it really doesn't do any good. And to be quite frank and honest, it sounds like they're trying to buy votes. And I've read somewhere in it that it's now being looked into whether or not what they're saying is actually illegal, because this is the kind of stuff you're not meant to be doing. You're not meant to be promising cash handouts if you get into government. So we'll see where this leads. To me, I, I just don't buy into it. I don't think it's a good idea. I think the money in this country that's wasted on things is an absolute disgrace. And taxpayers, people who work hard, pay into the system and watch their money just being flimsily thrown away each and every week. It's very difficult, I think, for people to watch at times. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, some people will buy into the gimmick, of course, and that's another topic for another day. But now we're going to talk about a story now. And I spotted this in uh, one of the Patia papers today. And it's kind of along the lines of yesterday's show in which we spoke about how uh, driving in Thailand, motorbikes, insurance, and that was one of the things. So this story is about the small print, doomed Brits travel insurance in Thailand. This year looks like becoming a record breaker for badly injured Brits who are stranded in Thailand and unable to pay their medical bills. Whilst the British Foreign Office and even the Tourist Association of Thailand thunder away at the importance of buying accident and illness cover, the reality is that most travel insurance is not designated to cover life-saving operations or expensive repatriations. Total bills are typically £100,000 and much more if an air evacuation service is needed. The Association of British Insurers said that 17% of all overseas claims are rejected, mostly through a lack of documentation, and adds that the average payout for successful claims is just over £1,000. In other words, insurers are mainly paying out on small issues such as lost luggage or booking cancellations rather than medical emergencies. The award-winning blog Travel Bunny stresses that those failures come down to the small print in the policies which is there to protect funds of the insurance companies rather than you. A review of charity crowdfunding sites, notably GoFundMe, reveals that no fewer than 23 Brits or their families have appealed for cash in the past six months to pay for traumatic incidents in Thailand and or to fund repatriation. Most cases involve traffic accidents, usually on motorbikes or mopeds, with falling from buildings and being mugged the runners-up. The amounts requested in public appeals range from £25,000 to £300,000 with the average income received being around 10% of the advertised target. At best, charity crowdfunding is a peripheral partner rather than a principal funder. The reasons for failed insurance policies are sometimes specified in crowdfunding entities. In 10 detailed traffic accidents, five injured Brits were refused cover because they were not wearing a crash helmet. Two were relying on British driving licenses, only international or Thai issued are lawful here. Two were participating in hazardous sports, elephant trekking and bungee jumping. And one had been out of the UK for more than 30 days, and that's also worth noting. Some reports were ambiguous, for example, Amex let me down or repatriation not allowed. Now, not surprisingly, not a single GoFundMe appeal mentioned alcohol or narcotics as an insurance denial reason, even though most of the road accidents occurred late at night. Some Thai hospitals are reluctant to perform such as tests as they don't want to ruin the chances of a successful insurance payout. However, insurers in a big claim will want clear evidence there was no alcohol or substance abuse involved. The warning clause mostly used in the small print are must take reasonable care or must observe national laws. For example, 
it is technically compulsory in Thailand for backseat car passengers to wear safety belts, which of course creates issues when they have not been fitted at all. Information surveys in Thailand suggest that only about half of incoming tourists have any kind of insurance. Of those who do, most rely on travel insurance which may charge them 5% of the total holiday cost. Apart from being aware of the small print, the best advice is probably to stay away from renting a vehicle at all costs. If something nasty does occur, you can be assured your insurance company will leave no stone unturned. That's guaranteed. Now, I think this kind of draws on what I spoke about yesterday in yesterday's show. Insurance companies will do everything they can to ensure that they don't have to pay out. And the thing you really need to look at is the very, very, very small print that are in these insurance claims. And I think one of the phrases they use there, must observe national laws or must take reasonable care. This is what I think undoes many, many people when they make start making claims. Because if the insurance company have a hint that there was alcohol involved, they're going to deny it because they'll want proof that it wasn't. And of course, if the hospital hasn't done the correct tests, what happens there? But nevertheless, this is kind of a tie-in to yesterday's show. It's a warning yet again for anybody, not just Brits, by the way. This is, I mean, even though the article is about Brits coming to Thailand, it applies to many everybody else who comes here to this country. To be weary, to be careful. When you get on a bike, understand that your insurance may not pay out if you have an accident and that you may be left begging, asking people to help you to get back home and asking your family to, you know, put their houses up, to, to get extra money to help you to repatriate you and all these things. So it's always worth bearing in mind. Think about these things before you do them. Now, finally, the last story of today. CAT, which is the Civil Aviation Authority of Thailand, reminds of fair ceilings as Bangkok Phuket flights remain among the most expensive here in Thailand. The Civil Aviation Authority of Thailand has reminded Thai and foreign passengers that it had set fair ceilings for all domestic flights in the country and air carriers must not exceed the limits or will face action from the cat. The list of maximum prices was published alongside a press release explaining actions in response to Prime Minister Prayachanachat's order to tackle the soaring price of air tickets. The Bangkok-Phuket route was specifically mentioned by the CAAT as the one receiving the biggest number of complaints about fares. As of March, prices for the Bangkok-Phuket flights were over the 2,500 benchmark in 17.5% of the cases and under it in 82.5% of cases, the CAT explained in the press conference posted on April 6th. The agency explained that ticket prices usually increase during festive season, I think we all know that, such as New Year or Songkran. Passengers were advised to book their flights in advance to get the best price. The CAAT did not elaborate on why 2,500 was chosen as a benchmark. The maximum allowed price for Bangkok Phuket flights is currently 9,074 baht for full-service airlines and 6,561 for low-cost carriers. The prices are based on the maximum tariff of 13 baht per kilometer for full-service carriers and 9.4 baht for low-cost companies. The route distance is 698 kilometers according to CAT. The same rate of 13 baht per kilometre and 9.4 per kilometre applied to all domestic routes. Only two of them are more expensive than Bangkok to Phuket, namely Bangkok to Hatiai and Bangkok to Trang. Now, they've been talking about a five-point plan to bring down airfares. Answering to General Priot's request to decrease fares in the short and long term, the CAAT had studied the causes and factors of price increases and developed a five-point plan to deal with the issue. The five problems were as follows. 
Insufficient ground handling capacity at Swanapum Airport, only 50% of what is needed. Slot allocation issues, namely problems with reallocating vacant slots when an airline cancels flights. Airlines not having enough aircraft to increase flights to meet the demand. Long unavailability of aircrafts undergoing maintenance and repairs abroad and not within the country. Limited choice of airlines operating on some routes with low demand. All the five issues will be addressed in due manner, the CAT assured. For the CAT's guidelines on how to get tickets at best prices, see the agency's brochure, uh, which can be found on their website. But yeah, in essence, they have set ceilings. Now, I think it's a bit odd that they have because airlines at the end of the day are private companies and they are here to make a profit. Though I will say that the prices of flights within Thailand are okay. I mean, I don't think they're overly expensive. If you're going to fly during Songkran and Christmas, then expect that you're going to you know, pay a premium during this period. But I've seen flights to Bangkok less than 1,000 baht most days of the week. If you look at the different times, I mean, of course, you look down during the day for, let's take Air Asia. If you're willing to fly early morning, you can get a good deal. If you want to fly at three in the afternoon, it's probably be more expensive. And that's the way it's always been. So I don't see this as being such a big deal. The real issue with flights is not within Thailand. The real issues with flights is the flights connecting to other parts of Asia and they have all skyrocketed. Especially if you're in Phuket, because getting to other parts of Asia now has become a lot more difficult after COVID because airlines have just not restarted those routes. Lots of routes to the likes of Taipei, actually all destinations in Japan, even Cambodia, Vietnam, places like this have all just stopped. So there's no direct flights anymore. And you're having to take, uh, you know, a flight to Bangkok and then on to your next destination or somewhere else within Asia. So I, I think these issues also should be addressed and they need to start working, I think, within Southeast Asia, each country working together to find ways to increase, you know, the amount of flights and reduce the prices. Now, recently I was booking a flight to Kuala Lumpur no, it wasn't. Or was Singapore. Anyway, if you go on to Air Asia and you're using the app, there's a little button you can press. You can see all the taxes, right? And I think it was Singapore. No, it wasn't. It was Hong Kong. That's where it was. Now, let me say Hong Kong. I was planning to go to Hong Kong. I looked at the price. I hit the detail to see into it. And the airfare was only about 600 baht. But by the time they had added on all the taxes, airport security, the new building fee for Hong Kong Airport, all the different fees. The fees were something like 6,000 baht. And it just goes to show you the amount of fees that are being tacked on for everything is what really seems to be driving up the prices here. Every airport wants you to pay for their security. Every airport wants you to pay for their extension. And it's just going on top of the tickets. And in fairness, it seems like, especially within Southeast Asia, airlines are trying to reduce their prices to get people to fly. But they're being hampered by governments tacking on all these extra fees on top of the actual ticket, which is just pushing prices up. I mean, it's really terrible to see. And something needs to be somewhat done about it. I think I think it'll only be when people stop going to some of these countries and governments start to sit back and go, why aren't they going? Oh, maybe it's our price of flights are just ridiculous. But actually, that's another show I am going to do. I'm going to look at airfares and why they're so high and all the taxes that are tacked on to them. And it's very interesting to see. But nevertheless, that is it for today. Now, guys, thanks again for tuning in as always. Thanks for your support. Thanks for liking and subscribing and sharing and have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week.
But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.